0: Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 64 of Jake's World, presented by the Nuance Magazine. I'm your host, Jake Sawinski, and today is Wednesday, April 14th. All in all in the sports world, I mean, it was a pretty quiet week, you know. Um, last week, the... NCAA tournament finally wrapped up and uh I mean baseball's in the swing of things now. Hockey's kind of wrapping up. Trade deadline happened yes Monday. Monday afternoon, two o'clock I think they that finished up. But uh the big talk the sports world this week weekend was the Masters. And um, as you guys know, I'm a golf enthusiast. I suck. I'm aspiring to be much better than I actually am, but I suck. Right? But I love watching it because I don't think from... I think, Well, let me try to explain this in a way that makes sense. I said a couple of weeks prior... That the biggest transition from like a college sport to a pro sport is basketball, right? Out of the things we can watch on TV uh, that you participate in college and you get paid for in the pros. I think that's the biggest transition. The most amount of skill goes into that. And then second to me is golf. But there's a twist with that. Golf, I don't think there's a sport where they make lo- something look so hard, make so like they make it look so easy. I will give them that. Those guys go out there and stripe golf balls all the time, right? And they are fantastic at it. Absolutely fantastic. They make it look so easy. And... If you've ever played golf before, recreationally or competitively, like if you played on a high school team or you play in a golf league or whatever the case may be, you know, without practice, it's really fucking hard. It's really hard. And it's all relative to, right? Like maybe that basketball take I had was a little preemptive. Because I didn't really think about golf. Maybe golf is the biggest transition. But for me, golf is more mental. Right? There's so many things that can go into playing a round of 18 holes of golf. And it's not just hit ball. Hit ball. Putt ball next hole it's not like that they make it look like that because they're so fucking good at it but the amount of thinking that goes on between the golfer and the caddy oh man it's crazy and they make it look so easy but anyways this masters was i don't know it's weird describing it because there wasn't really any action for the for the entirety of the tournament, right? I mean, not like your typical every year, okay, there's two or three guys in the mix going into Sunday that have a legitimate chance of taking it home, right? Winning probably the most coveted um, accolade in all of American sport The green jacket From Augusta National It's not the coolest That's the Stanley Cup And no one will ever Convince me otherwise But um, That's got like The most allure to it Right And this weekend It really wasn't the case You had Going I'll break it down After this But You had one guy In the lead Going into Sunday, and the, um, his guy who was paired with is in second, Xander Shofley and uh, Hideki Matsuyama. They were one and two. Um, the guy who was leading, Justin Rose, Thursday, Friday, he kind of fell off, and nobody else is really in the mix. Like they were really on the outside looking in. Most ta- most of the time, it's not like that. I mean when Tiger won 2019 There were four, five, six guys That were like potentially they could win Depending on what happened on that last day And this weekend it really wasn't the case But um, It was just different It was different because you didn't see A lot of the big names Right Um, After what happened in November With Dustin Johnson Setting the tournament record on the tour I think um he shot 20 under so you figure 72 288 so he shot a 268 and I think that was the lowest score ever recorded at the Masters by one I don't think he tied it I think he has the lowest score in that event's history at 268 and you'd the uh, whoever um like you know sets the Specs for the course right You know cuts the grass a certain way Pin placement um, Green size Things like that They don't like the most prestigious Tournament of the year having a winner Shoot that well at it Now if this is like the fucking I don't know One of those um, Mid June fucking weekend Tournaments Like uh I don't know there's so many of them. They're all sponsored by someone. Like the John Deere Classic at TPC Scottsdale, for example. right? That's one thing. But this is like the pinnacle of your sport. Um, the committee, uh, the regulatory, but I don't know what you would technically call it. They don't want to see a winner going 20 under for the weekend. So they make the course harder. They make it play not as friendly. Sounds forgiving. You have to hit... Good golf shots over and over. I mean, everybody who's played golf knows sometimes you hit a bad shot and it works out for you. Well, they make it to where it doesn't work out. And that was definitely the case. Um, Justin Rose shot one, one or two strokes short of the best opening round at a Masters. He shot a 65. Oh, I'm sorry. That's not right. It was like third or fourth. He shot a sixty-five. He was minus seven. I think the course record on day one's like a sixty-three, so minus nine. But um, he got out to a hot start, right? And um, he was that was his only really good day. Came out the next day, he didn't shoot as well. But that was essentially par for the course. I mean, nobody. Really played that well until Hideki Matsuyama on day three um I mean your big names of course Tiger didn't play um I mean Phil Mickelson made the cut but he was awful on days one and two um Brooks Kepka came off of uh, I think he had back surgery or knee surgery or something and uh I mean, I think he was coming off of like, two months recovery. And it was a miracle he was even able to play. Like, I mean, him just showing up was a good thing, right? I mean, he's one of golf's best players. And it's nice to see your athletes out there. But he didn't play well. And I don't think, I think the expectations were really low for him anyways. But, um, Rory McIlroy missed the cut. Bryson DeChambeau. He played awful on day one, three, and four. Or he played well enough day two to make the cut. But um, a lot of your big names, just Dustin Johnson. I mean, that's probably the f- one of the first times that the defending champion has missed the cut. And that sucks for him because he's got to do all the ceremonial stuff. You know, he's got to give uh, the winner his green jacket. And, like, that's got to suck, right? You just lay an egg two days and then you got to stick around for all the the formalities at the end that stinks but he didn't play well a lot of the heavy hitters weren't there and it left room for premier players still but you know some of those guys who have played very well in a lot of tournaments but have never really got over the hump because of the deep competition that left them an opening right Hideki Matsuyama was the case he won. Xander Shoffley's got a ton of top 10 finishes and majors. Um, Jordan Spieth hasn't been playing well over the last few years, but he's won a Masters, and he was kind of in contention for a little while. Um, you've got a ton of talented guys that had a chance, but they just couldn't figure out the course or play well enough all four days in order to get a win. But Matsuyama played really well on day three. Um, Played well enough on the other days, and he ended up winning his first major. And he is the first Japanese player to ever win a major of any kind, not even just a Masters. And it was really cool, too, because, I mean, he's he's 29. He's been on the tour for 10 years. I think he played Augusta, part of, like, amateur tournament or something i think he won that placed in it i'm not quite sure about all of the details but it was really cool to see like how big that is for like in for japan right um like there's a video of after they walked off the 18th degree his caddy goes back and uh Takes out the flag. Or he puts the flag back. In and he bows to the green. It's like respect the course. Respect the greens. Respect the game. That was really cool. I mean it's just a really cool story. And this guy's like a celebrity in Japan. And this is huge for them. And uh, I mean see the video of him. You know there's the humility in him right. Um, he's flying back to Japan. He's caught Sitting at the airport terminal like 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. He's got the jacket draped over the seat and he's flying home. <laughs> it's like, it was a really cool story, right? And I mean, it's just astronomical what that means for Japan and for him and, like, golf overseas. That's how you grow the game, right? Golf's stuffy. It's like an old boys game, right? That's kind of how it's grown up. Over the years, right? It's just—it's an English game. It started, I think, it started in Europe, Scotland, like St. Andrews, and it's just a stuffy game, right? You gotta wear nice clothes, you wear nice shoes. You're supposed to be a gentleman. You know, there's just little nuances and little rules with golf, and it's not appealing to everybody. That's how you grow the game with these little stories, and it's really cool to see, right? Um, Will Zalatoris, I think his name is Will Zalatoris Zell- I know it's Zalatoris. Is that his first name? Will. That was a cool story too. Like he's twenty four. Uh, I think this is his first uh, tournament on tour, or yet alone in a major. And you know, three days he's in second place along with Chaffey and uh, somebody else was in there too. But uh, he was in the mix. That was cool. I mean, you know, you're just as a you know aspiring professional to play at the mecca of golf you're just like oh man I get to play here and if he came out and played like an amateur player you know shooting plus 10 on day one no one of well nobody would have been surprised but like he's like I'm here I might as well be able to play well right I, I know I can well, why not do it no one's expecting me to do anything and it's have of pressure off your shoulders right but uh, it was just really cool but all in all, was there any wire to wire action this weekend? Like no tense moments or you know, the second nine on the Sunday is It Augusta's the most, you know it's typically the most uh anticipated, I guess. Um back nines in the sport. Right, like the, the the shot making and the back and forth that's happened on those sacred grounds for over the last 80 years has been incredible. But, like, that really just never transpired this weekend. So, I mean, it was laxed, but I like golf. I'm into it. A lot of people are into it. So, I mean, that's just it's a little lackluster, but, I mean, still entertaining. It was always enough to where you couldn't just be like, I'm not watching. But it wasn't enough to keep you all that intrigued either. But, like I said, I love golf. It's challenging to me. It's a thinking game, too. It's frustrating as hell. So, like, I'm very relatable. But, yeah, I mean, sports was pretty lax this weekend. I mean... Aside from that, I mean, the Sean Watson news, people are coming forward. That's pretty crazy. I mean, that's another take I'll have to walk back on. Is it, I don't know, like, I just don't really have a comment on it now. It's like I just gotta kind of have to see what unfolds with all that because it's pretty bizarre what's going on there. Like, whatever. I mean, talk about that a little more as the details come out. Um, well, with baseball anyways my Chicago Cubs suck they are fucking garbage right now and it is so frustrating because I live in Wisconsin there's not a professional team in all of sports that I hate more than the Milwaukee Brewers and it's not even that it's the team I don't like it's their fans now you gotta take that with a grain of salt of course because everybody thinks that they're Least favorite team Their fans are the worst That's normal But I mean I'm a Packers fan I get a lot of crap for that But that's very common You know people who like the Packers and the Cubs I'm not sure why that is But um, that's very 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 common There's a lot of people who are like that And a lot of people I know does it make it any more convenient for anybody? No, not really. But, I mean, that's just kind of the way it is, right? But it's common. It's more common than you would think. But, um, as a Packers fan, I see other Packers fans. And, I don't know. Sometimes I just shake my head. Sometimes I go along with it. Like, you know, all the Aaron Rodgers narratives. And, you know, how the team needs to do better to build. Pieces around him. Eh, I get it, but um, I think that's a little more realistic. Brewers fans. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's the same fucking bag every year, and I don't understand. Maybe it's just because it's a rivalry. They played the Cubs this early this week, and the Cubs looked like shit, right? But um, it's April. It's fucking April, and you've got—I've got two buddies in our group chat. The one's been a little quieter, but one is just, "Oh, "Oh, Cubs are so good!" So it's like week two, buddy. Chill out. And like you know how this story ends. You know how it ends. It's the same thing every year. They're competitive to start. Once it hits June, they stink. And then in September, they play well enough to squeak into the playoffs or they fall short and they're fucking pissed about it. It's the same fucking thing every year. It's the same thing with the Packers. They play a fantastic regular season. They win the first playoff game because they're always seated high enough to get a favorable matchup, and then they lose on the stretch. I mean, all about 2010, 2011. It's the same fucking thing every year, and you know that going in. But then their arguments like, oh, the Cubs have never won anything. Yeah, no, they're not winners. In fact, the Cubs are probably America's favorite loser. Three World Series titles, 1906, 1908, and 2016. That's 108 years in between titles. There are millions of Cubs fans who lived their entire lives not knowing what it was like to even go to a World Series, let alone win one. They've been to 17 of them, or they've won 17 pennants. They don't have the clutch gene at all, not remotely close. But you know what I say? It is better to have one and, like, miss it instead of not knowing how it feels at all. The Brewers have been to one World Series in 1982. They lost to the Cardinals in seven games, and Brewer fans still are not over it because they haven't sniffed it since. I think they've made it to two championship league series And they lost both times I believe they lost to the Cardinals In 2011 And then they lost to the Dodgers In 2018 That is as close as they've been They have been The Cubs have been better than them since I was born Than the Brewers have been since I was born But there's this narrative That's like oh the uh, brewer. I don't know if it's just a Wisconsin thing Or if it's You know, me just being in a position of bias. I don't understand it. But, like, the delusion of Brewer fans is ungodly absurd. I I don't get it. Your team is not that good. It's the same fucking thing every year. You don't have pitching or hitting. You never have both. You need pitching to have both. And through two weeks, it looks like they have the pitching. If they pitch like this all year... They're still not going to have enough. I mean, it's the Dodgers are like the team of destiny. And then like some of the Chicago guys that I know are all on board with the White Sox, which, I mean, they've been calling it for years, and now it looks like it's coming to fruition. But who knows, right, on that side. The Yankees are loaded. The White Sox have a very good, young, talented team. I mean, the Padres have the best staff in baseball right now. But no one's making outlandish takes about how they're the best pitching team in baseball, or they should be. It's just so frustrating because you try to explain it in a way. Like, I know, this kid that didn't play baseball either. He's a great guy, but it's like, dude, come on. You don't know what you're saying. And you can't even explain it because then they're just like, oh, you're all butthurt. It's like, no, you're just an idiot. But I'll be like in October, I told you so. But it's just the same fucking story every year. Plus I cursed the Brewers in 2014, so they're cooked. But I don't know. It's it's just very frustrating because it's it's like it's not even all their fault. That's just how sports is nowadays. It's all what have you done for me lately. We forget about the years prior, the months prior. It's the week prior, the days prior. We always forget about that. But whatever. Um Moving on to a more serious topic. Um, some demonstrations have broken out in Minneapolis. I once. Um, one, why did I say once? I'm kind of, lost, kind of rambling. But um, Minneapolis, what day was it? It was over the weekend, I thought. Um, I've got an article pulled up here just so I don't confuse all of the details. Uh, Monday. It was Monday afternoon. Um, A 20-year-old black man was shot and killed in a traffic incident. I don't get it. What is going on with this city? (sighs) Like, stop being bad cops. Stop being bad cops. Do your job. And like. It's hard to have. An articulate opinion. About this. Without picking a side. Because. I don't know. To me. There are. Two sides of this argument. And I think there are. Ways that you can pick this apart. Rationally and realize how avoidable this could be. First of all, police officers in some areas go through high stress situations. No one's denying that. No one's denying that. Police officers in Chicago. It's a nightmare, especially in the summertime. I remember in summer of 2016, watching that on the news. It was horrible, what was happening in the city. If you ever seen The Wire, crime in Baltimore was horrible in the early 2000s. The aughts, you'd call it. Police officers' jobs aren't easy. But you're trusted to uphold the law. You are deemed worthy of being in these stressful situations because you go through the training to do so. The woman who shot this guy was a 20-year vet. It's all on video. And as soon as she shot him, she's like, oh, fuck, I shot him. She mistook her gun for a taser. That has got to be the lamest fucking excuse in the book. You're a 20 year vet. You could retire and cash in your pension. And then you make a rookie mistake. It's just frustrating. Because. People. Are kind of. They're sick. They're not kind of. They're sick of this stuff happening. They're sick of it. Oh, just comply. No. That is such a fucking dumb excuse. Why should they comply if this is what happens when they comply? That's the whole point. They tried to. They tried to. You can't just brush it away anymore. Like, I don't understand. Like, it's not... There's no defense to it. Oh, just do as the officer says. Well, you have rights too. But then on the other side of it all, why is it always that when these instances come up and there's some outcry for accountability and action to be taken, why is it always the fact, why is it always, or often, I shouldn't say always, I shouldn't generalize, because it's not always the case, but why does it seem it is often a criminal who is martyred? Or made an example of. Well, Brianna Taylor wasn't a criminal, but she did have some... it's um, the word I'm looking for? Um, questionable. Extracurricular activities. Not necessarily her, but who she associated herself with. Still should not have happened. But... Whatever Why Is it always That These people have a criminal past Now the one side could say Well that's just what Conservative people want to focus on To water down the situation Well Yeah when you um, Fixate on that But The police weren't just pulling this person over To pull him over He had an outstanding warrant Like that's a fact But it still doesn't make it right. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like. I don't know. It seems like with politics. And social issues. And whatever else is the case. That there's you know. Public opinion on. Why do you always have to be on one side? You can see. That there's. Like examples on each side. That made this. That could have made this extremely. Avoidable. Right. Um. Compliance, not really the right word, but cooperative, maybe. Like, don't do as you're told. If you, most people know their rights, and if someone is asking you to do something that is in violation of your rights, you don't have to comply to that. But, these police officers should be trained, too. Like we're trusting the wrong people right now. And we shouldn't be. But I don't know. It's really frustrating. Because like me I'm pretty common sense when it comes to it all. Like could this guy have been a little more cooperative. In order to let things make sure things didn't escalate. Yeah. But I mean based on things that have happened in the past six months, year, ten years, twenty years. 50 years would complying have changed anything I don't really know and it's hard to say but I mean I was thinking about this over the last couple days and I think the biggest thing that I took away from it all is that there's no accountability especially in the police force police officers have a sense of loyalty which is normal right they're similar they go through the same stresses of everyday life on the job sometimes they get themselves in hot water like this they stick together because they have to they'd stick up for you why wouldn't you stick up for me kind of thing right I th- <laughs> That needs to go away like Well, do I think it'll ever go away? No. Because it's not just a police thing. There's loyalty and all kinds of things because there's a relatability there. But it's like there's no accountability. These police officers step out of line. There are instances every day where police officers do abuse their power. There are people that should not be police officers who are wearing a uniform and carrying a gun. And the department backs them. And for me it's really easy. To. um, Put pressure on them. Right. All these politicians are like. Yeah we need change. We need change. We need change. But you're the one who's in charge. Of the change. (laughs) All it takes for. Is the city mayor. To put some pressure on the chief of police. And be like okay. You gotta. Hold this person accountable. I don't answer to you. I answer to my constituents. And that's what my constituents want. That's clearly what they want. They're demonstrating in the streets. There was tear gas used last night again. That's what I mean. There's like a mobster-esque loyalty. With police officers. And. You know at the end. Sometimes you just. gotta be like. You messed up. You gotta do. You gotta pay the price. If that was any one of us. And. We weren't wearing a police officer's uniform. We'd be going to jail. Shouldn't she? For rookie mistake? I don't know. Maybe that's out of line. <laughs> maybe I just offended everyone who listens to this. But like. Accountability. When you make mistakes. You. You. Have to pay for them. At a certain point. When you're a kid. That's one thing. But. We're all adults. you got to pay for it. Actions have consequences. That's like. The first lesson your parents teach you. Actions have consequences. Police officers aren't above the law. And the precedents we set. Makes it seem like they are. I'm not trying to contextualize and put myself into their shoes and make a decision based on something I haven't experienced but like there has to be accountability there has to be and there hasn't been oh just listen well has listening and done them I shouldn't say them but people who Have been on the wrong side of these. Scenarios more often than not. Like where's the accountability for them. Right like whatever this guy did. Is it worth him dying over. Certainly not. (laughs) I don't know it's just. I don't understand. But uh. I'll get off my soapbox hopefully I didn't offend anybody. I mean. Actually, no, I I don't care if I offended you. That's how I feel about it, and I'm gonna stick by that, so. Um just trying to think if there's is there anything else to well it's really not. It's kind of been a, a slow week. I mean just those two really big stories I feel like and uh Coinbase had its IPO today. That was kinda of cool. Um it's like a hundred billion dollar valuation, it's crazy. But, uh, anyways, uh, that'll wrap up today's show. Um, You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at jakesawinski8, at J-A-K-E-S-A-W-I-N-S-K-I-8. Rate, review, subscribe, please, 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 please. If you have not left a five-star rating, please do so. If you have not left a review, please do so. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your pets. Have a good week, everybody. Peace.